welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the fifth Sunday of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have have greatly sinned in in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and And on on earth earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery within us, that those you are pleased to make new in holy baptism may under your protective care bear much fruit and come to the joys of life eternal. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. About this time, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenists made a complaint against the Hebrews. In the daily distribution, their own widows were being overlooked. So the twelve called for a full meeting of the disciples and addressed them. It would not be right for us to neglect the word of God so as to give out food. You, brothers, must select from among yourselves seven men of good reputation, filled with the Spirit and with wisdom. We will hand over this duty to them and continue to devote ourselves to prayer and to the service of the word. The whole assembly approved of this proposal and elected Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicolaus of Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these to the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. The word of the Lord continued to spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem was greatly increased, and a large group of priests made their submission to the faith. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. Ring out your joy to the Lord, O you just, for praise is fitting for loyal hearts. Give thanks to the Lord upon the harp. With a ten-stringed lute, sing him songs. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. For the word of the Lord is faithful, and all his works to be trusted. The Lord loves justice and right, and fills the earth with his love. Lord, let your mercy be on us, as we place our trust in you. The Lord looks on those who revere him, on those who hope in his love, to rescue their souls from death, to keep them alive in famine. Lord, let your mercy be on us, as we place our trust in you. A reading from the first letter of St. Peter. The Lord is the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. Set yourselves close to him, so that you too, the holy priesthood, that offers the spiritual sacrifice which Jesus Christ has made acceptable to God, may be living stones, making a spiritual house. As scripture says, See how I lay in Zion a precious cornerstone that I have chosen, and the man who rests his trust on it will not be disappointed. That means that for you who are believers, it is precious. But for unbelievers, the stone rejected by the builders has proved to be the keystone, a stone to stumble over, a rock to bring men down. They stumble over it because they do not believe in the word. It was the fate in store for them. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a people set apart to sing the praises of God who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the way, the truth and the life, says the Lord. No one comes to the Father except through me. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still, and trust in me. There are many rooms in my Father's house. If there were not, I should have told you. I'm going now to prepare a place for you. And after I have gone and prepared you a place, I shall return to take you with me so that where I am, you may be too. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you know me, you know my Father too. From this moment you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, let us see the Father and then we shall be satisfied. Have I been with you all this time, Philip said Jesus to him, and you still do not know me? To have seen me is to have seen the Father. So how can you say, let us see the Father? 
Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak as from myself. It is the Father living in me who is doing this work. You must believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Believe it on the evidence of this work, if for no other reason. I tell you most solemnly, whoever believes me will perform the same works as I do myself. He will perform even greater works because I am going to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There's a phrase in the Gospel today that's most interesting. Philip says, Lord, let us see the Father and then we shall be satisfied. Now, fair enough, given the opportunity, who wouldn't want to see God? But what I think's especially interesting about these words of Philip is the second part of the phrase, Lord, let us see the Father, and then we shall be satisfied. Now, clearly Philip is experiencing something very human. It's dissatisfaction. He has unfulfilled desires, and he remains restless until those desires find their fulfilment. And so Philip gives voice to his great desire to see the face of God, to have true knowledge and experience of God. Now, when we examine our own desires, we have to acknowledge that, in fact, they're infinite. Our desires for life and love and joy and friendship and knowledge and beauty... To whatever degree we satisfy these desires, they still leave something unsatisfied. It wouldn't ring true if someone came up to you and said, I want to be happy, but not too happy. I want to be joyful, but not too joyful. There's a constant dissatisfaction that's at the root of our lives. Because we must acknowledge that at the end, our ultimate desire is limitless. There's no point where we say that that's enough, thank you very much, and no more. And with that comes an all-too-familiar human experience of dissatisfaction. You can unbuckle your belt and rest after a fantastic meal, lean back on your chair and lick your lips and say, that was delicious. But in six hours, you're going to be hungry again. Even the atheistic French philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre recognises this fundamental human experience of dissatisfaction. He said... There comes a time when one asks, even of Shakespeare, even of Beethoven, is that all there is? That the highest experiences of beauty, of truth, of love, as ecstatic and transcendent as they are, they're for a time. And our experience of satisfaction is only for a time. And coming down from the mountain where we tasted such satisfaction, we end up taking the words of John Paul Sartre to ourselves. Was that all? Was that it? And so this is why the Apostle Philip's intuition is so incredible. Lord, let us see the Father, and then we shall be satisfied. It's to encounter the infinite, to taste the fullness of love, of happiness, of joy. Now, from a logical point of view, there is only one who corresponds to our infinite desire. And that's the infinite one. To see the face of God means, as Philip says, is satisfaction. Think about what that word satisfaction means. 
to want nothing else, to look for nothing beyond, to have found our end. This is what Philip is looking for. In fact, this is what all of humanity is looking for. We've been created by God with an infinite desire. We've been created by the Father to find our ultimate satisfaction in Him. To see the Father face to face because only He is truly infinite and corresponds to our infinite desire. To be in the eternal exchange of love between the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. This is what stands behind our ultimate desire. Whether we're aware of it or not, whether we describe it in such terms or not, our desire for perfect happiness is a desire for God. And our lives, they're dissatisfied until we behold the infinite. And so St. Augustine famously put it like this in his confessions. He says, you've made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So how do we begin to strive after this highest end of our existence? How do we satisfy the ultimate desire that we have in our hearts, a desire for God? I know, to some degree at least, how to satisfy my natural desire. I get hungry, I eat. I get thirsty, I drink. I desire friendship, I love. I desire knowledge, I learn. I desire beauty, I open myself to the world. But the ultimate desire for God, how do you fulfill it? God isn't an object in the world to be grasped, a thing to be consumed or possessed. I can't take hold of God and make him be the satisfaction of my deepest desire. No, here is where it's God's initiative. He's the one who draws me close to him. He is the one who allows me to see him. The satisfaction of my ultimate desire, that's in God's hands. And this is why it's so fascinating that Philip turns to Jesus and asks for his help. Lord, let us see the Father and then we shall be satisfied. I can't satisfy my own desire. I need to receive this satisfaction as a gift. I can't put a lasso around God and pull him towards me. I can't take infinity into my hands. No, God must draw me up to participate in him. So here's the very heart of Christianity. The Son, Jesus, has been sent into the world by the Father in order to gather the world together and to make them sharers in God's life. And so Jesus says to the disciples, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He is the path that leads to God and he is the destination that is God because the Father is in him. God has created us with an infinite desire that finds its rest only in him. And here is the second part to God's plan, to send his Son into the world to make them sharers in the life of the Father and to be drawn up into the infinite, to be drawn up into the life of God. The Apostle Philip comes to Jesus with the most fundamental of human experiences, that of dissatisfaction. And he turns to Jesus and says, Lord, let us see the Father and then we shall be satisfied. 
And the Lord Jesus here acknowledges that to see the Father is complete satisfaction. But, Philip, to have seen me is to have seen the Father. Why? Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. When we walk with our Lord Jesus, we arrive at the place that he has prepared for us, the place in the Father's home, the place of the fulfillment of our deepest and most ultimate and most infinite desire, the desire to see God. And now let's together profess our faith by praying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the The Father Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will, 
and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.